give you a working definition of praise. Watch, watch here on the screen. Praise is to commend, to applaud, or magnify. There are three Hebrew words that describe what praise is. It, one of them is yada, to praise, give thanks, or confess. One of them is zamar, to sing praise. Another is halal, the root of hallelujah, meaning to praise, honor, or commend. Like you commend someone. Like when, when I praise my kids, I tell them when, they, when they're generous, wow, that's amazing. When they're, when they're kind, I'm so proud of you. When, when, they're, when they're sharing with their brothers, man, that's what I'm talking about. We, we, sometimes we have to understand, we do not praise God because of what he does. We praise God because of who he is. And sometimes even as a parent, I have to stop myself and say, don't just praise them when they get good grades. Don't just praise them when they do something nice. No, tell them who they are. Shape their identity. When we praise God, we're praising his character. We're praising his nature. Don't be someone that just praises because of miracles or breakthroughs or signs or wonders. Because if you do that, you'll have sparsity in your praise. But the consistency of your worship comes from loving his character and loving his nature. Saying, that's my God. And by the way, when you commend God, you're recognizing recommending God to others you're saying because I love God it's saying I recommend God to everyone that I know oh I love Psalm 63 look at this in verse 1 oh God you are my God see I think faith gets fun when you say that's my God See, I think above having your basketball team and your football team and your connect group and your friends no no have your God oh God you are my that's personal you're my God Early will I seek you. That's daylight savings. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. See, I believe that life gets fun when you start looking for God. Because the Bible says, if you seek me with all of your heart, then you will find me. Sometimes you got to put on your seeking. You got to put on your desire hat. You're saying, God, I'm looking for a word. I'm looking for a promise. I'm looking for a moment. I'm looking for vision. I'm looking for some hope in this area. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because, watch what David says, the reason why I'm doing this. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. You only get one time to live. And while you live, I pray that you would be guilty of worshiping God like with all your heart. Guilty of worshiping God with everything you got. I will praise you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with the marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Oh, I just love that because we're commending, we're honoring, we're lifting up, and we're worshiping God with a joyful heart, with praise and thanksgiving. I'm believing that out of this series, your life, you're going to live a lifestyle of worship. You're going to get up in the morning and say, because your love is better than life, I choose to worship you. It doesn't matter whether the melody is old and like an old hymn or a new song. It's about a heart. It's about a mindset. It's about a posture of praise. I want to teach you today four things about what when you step into this lifestyle what it will do for your life because again we don't worship God because of what he does we worship God 
because of who he is. And let me show you what happens when you start living this Psalm 63 life and start living a lifestyle of worship. Watch what will happen in your life. Write down number one today. I love this. Worship is a declaration of my weakness and his strength. When I start praising God, I am declaring that I am weak, but he is strong. And when I start praising God, it reminds me, OMG. I cannot write any check. I cannot heal anybody. I cannot take anyone to heaven. I can't solve my own problems. I need a supernatural force. I need a savior. I need a God man. So when I worship God, it reminds me I come in my weakness. I come in my humanity. I come in my frailty. I have nothing outside of you. And though my arms are heavy and though my knees are weak. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody that runs a marathon today. Though I feel this way, when I get into God's presence, it reminds me I might be weak, but he is strong. Oh, look at Joel chapter 3. I love this verse. Joel 3.10. Let the weak say I am strong. Uh, Listen, if you're weak today, you're in good company. If you feel down and defeated and overwhelmed and you feel like you can't solve anything and you feel like you can't get a win, welcome to the club. You might come into church and be like, all these people look strong. No, they don't. They all look like people that are exchanging their weakness for his strength. And when I worship God, it reminds my soul, you won't have a strength outside of God. When you Listen, in my own strength, I cannot forgive. In my own strength, I cannot be kind. In my own strength, I am not generous. In my own strength, I can't overcome addiction. But when I come to him in my weakness, I receive his strength. Oh, I just love this. Maybe you're up against something. You feel weak and defeated. Let worship be your weapon for freedom. Let worship be your weapon for breakthrough. All of a sudden, start lifting up your voice and lift up. Come on. If you've got a son or a daughter that's gone away from faith, if you're dealing with something in your home, start lifting your hands in worship. Start lifting your hands in faith. Start giving glory and honor to God. And all of a sudden, things will shift. Oh, I love in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. They were going up against a battle. Just a ma- Have you ever felt like, man, I'm up against something. I'm up against a mountain. I'm up against an enemy. I'm up against some, a force. They're going into a battle. And God says, before you go and fight this battle, I want you to worship me. Watch what it says in 2 Chronicles 20. It says, as they began to sing and praise The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. See, I just really believe this, that it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And maybe you need the Lord to set an ambush against an enemy. You're up against something sickness. You're up against something financially. You're up against something in your mind. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord started to work. See, when I worship, it reminds me I'm weak and I can't win this battle. But with my hands raised and my eyes fixed on Jesus, all of a sudden, let the weak say I am strong. Let those that feel like they have no shot in this battle to say I am victorious in Christ. Worship reminds me that I'm getting out of my weakness and I'm getting into his strength. All of a sudden, when I worship, it reminds me I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. 
in my own strength, I'm telling you, I cannot finish a marathon. But you best believe your boy is running with some Shondais today. She came in a Mona, left in a Honda. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm tapping in to supernatural strength today. Right, right down number two today. I love this one. Worship is where I get realigned and refreshed. Worship is where, because listen, some of us, we get out of alignment. And we go off track. I always think of Psalm 119. David says, seek me, Lord, like a lost sheep, like a lost doe, for I have gone astray. All of us have wandering in us. All of us have going astray. And when I worship, it realigns my life to go, I'm aligned with God. I'm aligned with God's word. I'm aligned with God's spirit. And by the way, your alignment determines your assignment. Your ability to get aligned back with God's word and God's truth and God's principle will determine what God can or cannot do with your life. And your alignment will determine the assignment from heaven. And when I worship God, it realigns me back. It gets me out of that weak spot and into my strong spot. No, I love Psalm 61. Watch what, watch what David says. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I'm not in a good place. I'm not doing that great. I've lost my place. Lead me back to being aligned. Lead me back out of the rubble and into righteousness. Out of the ashes and into praise. Out of my depression and into strength. Come on, anybody thankful today that when I worship God, it realigns me. And it refreshes me. I remember when I, was, when I was in high school, my first car, I had a 1979 puke green Plymouth Velari. Ball out. Ball out. 12-inch 12, 12 subwoofers in the trunk. Rockford Fosgate Bui. Pioneer with the dolphin swimming on the face. What do you know about that? And I'll never forget, the alignment went off in this old car. And physically, you could see through the camera lens, I'm not... I don't have muscles. So when this old car lost alignment, it was everything in me to keep it on the road. And maybe you feel like your life is just like, what is happening? Could it be is that you're not worshiping? You're not praising God? You're not coming into his presence and admitting your weakness? Saying, all I need is you. Why did I love that song so much? Is because every time I played it, I was reminded, all I need is you. I need your realigning. I need your refreshing. I need to repent because I've been trying to solve things myself. I've been trying to take care of it in my own power and in my own might. And I cannot do anything without you, Jesus. Oh, I love Acts 3.19. Watch what happens. Acts 3.19. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, when you start to praise God, his presence all of a sudden overwhelms you and you start repenting. God, forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for thinking that way. Forgive me for doing those things. For, for, forgive me for going there. Forgive me for being that kind of person. The presence of God softens your heart so much that his kindness overwhelms you. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And when his kindness and his mercy and his compassion and his beauty and his love and his grace and his favor and his blessing overwhelms you, you will repent. And when you repent, you don't just get realigned, you get refreshed. See, I wonder today if you're sitting there going like, man, I just feel refreshed. No, you don't. 
Who are you kidding? You don't feel refreshed today. Some of us, the reason why we're not refreshed is because we keep drinking from wells that make you more thirsty. See, when I finish this race today, I'm not going to look for a coffee when I get done with 26.2 miles of a marathon because coffee dehydrates you. It's a drink, but it makes you more thirsty. I wonder if you've been drinking from relationships that still make you thirsty, drinking from careers that still make you thirsty, drinking from social media that still makes you thirsty. No, if you come to the well, it will spring up within you and you will never thirst again. Clap today in your house if you're thankful for the grace of God that overwhelms you with a refreshing time oh there's nothing better when i don't know about you but i got good water in my fridge i pray to god your fridge can put out good water when i go to my fridge water i, I let that thing fill up a good 10 12 ounces it's the best i've never tasted better water better water than my own fridge water and when i drink that water i am replenished and i am refreshed when i worship god all of the erosion and all of the wandering and all of the thirst and all the stuff that's been going on, I get realigned and I get refreshed. And I don't just get refreshed because I'm praising. I get refreshed because I'm repenting. The presence of God will cause you to repent. The presence of God will say, I, I've been an idiot. I've been so dumb. What's been wrong with me? Lord, forgive me. Heal me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Renew me. Lord, if there's anything wrong in me, point it out. It's all happening in the presence of God. Oh, write down number three. I love this one. Worship signals to everyone God is here, and this is where he dwells. When we start worshiping, come on, right there in your house. When you start worshiping, when we get together as a church, it sends a bat signal out, God is here. Because the Bible says, put it on the screen, Psalm 22, verse 3. He inhabits the praises of his people. So wherever you worship, God lives. God's address is your praise. So if you're ever looking on the geo map where God lives, you just it could be in your car, it could be in your home, it could be on a run, it could be on a walk, it could be in the church. If you praise, God shows up. Come on, clap and thank God today. It's a signal. God is here. People are like, how you start Zoe Church in a club? How, how, how in the world you start in a club? It doesn't matter. If I worship God in a club, his presence will fall like rain. It doesn't matter if it's a school. That's why I love seeing these videos of people worshiping in prison. And I've seen the Sunday service go there. And recently Maverick City went there to prisons. And I love seeing the people just worshiping in prison, in their jumpsuits, worshiping God. And the presence of God falls. Because no bar can stop the presence of God. If you praise, he inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we worship, we're sending a signal, God is here. And by the way, if we're worshiping God, someone that comes into the meeting who doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know grace and has never received hope and never received forgiveness, if they come into the meeting when we're worshiping, Paul the Apostle writes to the Corinth church. He says, it's good that we praise because they will come in and everything they've ever done will become laid bare before the Lord. And they will actually see that God is in this place. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians 14. I love this. But if all you are prophesying, let's use, use the word praise here. But if all of you are praising and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say as they listen. Their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. <laughs> 
See, when we worship, it sends a signal. God is here, and he dwells here. And when he dwells here, it doesn't matter whether you believe in Jesus or not. It is undeniable. There is a palatable sense that there's a supernatural force in this room. I cannot deny that God is real. God is good. God is for me. God is amongst us. God is in this room. Come on. I want to declare that over your home. Declare that over your children. Declare that over your workspace. Come on. Start praising God. Start worshiping Jesus. Start commending and extolling and lifting up with joyful lips. Your love is better than life. And it will send a signal out. Woo! God is here. See, the thing that I love about worship is that when I worship, I know that God can show up in a hospital room. God can show up in an office space. God can show up on a football field. God can show up. He cannot be limited by our own strength. No, when we worship, he comes. He has to come when we praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. And when you and I start worshiping, we're sending a signal not just to ourselves that I'm weak and I need God, but everybody else is put on notice. God is good. God is real. God is for us. God is with us. I've seen God show up at high schools in the middle of lunchrooms. And totally see people get saved. Do you believe that God could show up in your apartment? Do you believe God could show up in your life? Because as soon as you worship, he shows up. And his presence falls like rain. All I need is you. All I need is you. Why do, why do I say that? Because when I'm weak, I get strong in worship. When I wander and I, and I worship, I get realigned. When I've got sin in my life, whether people know about it or not, when I got sin, I worship, I repent because his, his presence is his goodness. And God, though I don't deserve his attention and don't deserve the presence of a most high God, he still shows up. And he shows up not with wrath or judgment. He shows up with mercy and love and acceptance and forgiveness. And when I repent for my sins, he says, here's a refreshing time. I wonder sometimes if people are like, man, I'm not getting anything out of church. I'm not getting anything out of worship. If you're not getting anything, what are you putting in? Because I got to put in my raw, real self. God cannot work with the insincere you. He can only work with the real you. He can only heal and restore and deliver and free the real version of you. And when I worship God, I get realigned. And when I worship God, I get refreshed. And as this is happening, it's sending a signal to everybody. Woo! God's doing surgery. God's healing and mending people. God's, God's dealing with some stuff. Things that have been under the surface are coming to the surface. Not because God's mad at you, but because God wants to heal you. And when this sends a signal out, anybody that walks in goes, well, the presence of the Lord is in this place. The presence of God is clearly in this place. And when last one, write down number four. And, and Lucas, you can come join me on, on the keys. Write down number four is that worship invokes the presence and power of God to flow in our midst. Worship invokes the presence and the power of God to flow in our midst. One of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. Acts chapter 16. These guys, Paul and Silas, get thrown in jail. 
for basically being believers in Jesus. And they've seen God do great things through their life. And there's people that are totally against that. And so they're in jail. And the Bible says at about midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. I wonder if they're singing, all I need is you. Midnight in jail and they're innocent. They're nothing wrong. All I need is you, God. And as they're singing, the other prisoners are listening. And the Bible says as they start worshiping God, all of a sudden the presence and the power of God shows up in that jail. And before you know it, an earthquake takes place and every prisoner door opens and they're all set free. And I love this because when you and I praise God, you need to know something. The presence and the power of God starts to flow in that place. Like a river, it just starts to flow. Like a river of healing, like a river of freedom, like a river of restoration, like a river of revival, like a river of deliverance. All of a sudden, all you're doing is singing. Paul and Silas weren't like, oh, I, I, know, I know what we're going to do. I got a plan. I got a plan. How are we going to I got a plan. I got a plan. I think that if we, you know, just put on some hill song or we just put on some elevation and we start singing some songs, I bet, I think we can get an earthquake and maybe just every prison door out. So let's just try it. Let's just see if, let's just see if it worked. Pastor told us to praise. Pastor said if we were weak, we could become strong. Let's see if it worked. No, no, no. Just out of the sincerity of their faith out of the authenticity of their love for God. They said, all we need is you, God. In this hour, in this cell, while we are innocent, you are going to fight our battles. And if you did it all the way back in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, for some people who were in war, you can do it for us in our circumstance. And so we're going to let our faith determine this thing. And so we lift up our hands, and we lift up our praise, and we lift up our worship. And all of a sudden, listen, listen to me, you start praising and God will start working. You start worshiping and God will start doing stuff. This is how we fight our battles. If you got something going on in your life, you got something going on in your body, you got something going on in a relationship. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I've looked for you in the sanctuary to behold your glory. My lips shall praise you. My life shall worship you. You start worshiping God and the power and the presence of God starts flowing. Flowing. Flowing like a river that flows and that stream, all of a sudden, I don't know if you've ever floated a river before, but the great thing about it is you get your tube and you gently try and fall into the tube without flipping over. And as soon as you sit down, the river does the work. I love the presence of God because there's no striving and there's no earning and there's no manipulation. There's no making something happen. There's just presence. And when his presence comes, which is the person of Jesus, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to my side. And as we lift up Jesus, he shows up and it's his presence that's here. And we have to understand that if his presence is here, so is his power. We are not seeking for his power. We're not looking for the power. We are hungry for his presence. And when his presence comes, 
everything of Jesus shows up. Like some of some of us were like, man, just I want to experience the glory of God. The glory of God has already shown up in the person of Jesus. And if we declare his name and worship him, he will show up. If you're alone in your room right now, all you have to do is worship Jesus. Say his name and he will show up. And the presence and the power of who he is. There's no chain he can't break. There's no heart he can't mend. There's no life he can't restore. There's no mind he can't put at ease. There's no situation he can't solve. There's no sickness he can't deliver. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and according to his glory. And I'm believing that as you work, we're going to live a lifestyle of worship. As we worship our God. It's like, I know these songs, like, I'm making fun of them. Like, I don't know why they just took forever to get to say like a line in these old worship songs like come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the Lord our God I'm like are we from London but then I got older and started reading the scriptures I was like oh they're just old verses from the Bible that we turned into melodies but as we sang and we worshiped I can remember being seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, being in church and going, I don't know what's going on, but I can't help but lift my hands and I don't know what's going on, but now I'm repenting for what I did on the bus last week and I'm asking God to forgive me because I tried to flirt with a girl in sixth grade and Lord, I just, it's all from his presence because there's power in your praise, but really we could say there's power in his presence. Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you.